We are continuing in today's Mishnah Yomi, in Perak Aleph Mishnah Vav, the last Mishnah in the first chapter of Peah, Mishnah number six, and we will begin in Meretz Hashem, the second chapter of Meseches Peah as well. So Mishnah Vav reads as follows, the Olam who knows him Mishum Peah, Upater Min HaMaisras. So a very simple halacha, that is, Anything that is designated as peah is essentially exempt from Meiser. The logic behind that is that since peah itself is a tzedakah, right? Since peah is a form of charitable contribution, so it makes sense that peah will be exempt from other tithes. However, the Mishnah says that's achim That is true until the grain is smoothed out. Now, in general, the aloha is that grain does not become subject to the various tithes, the trumos and maestros, until, until we'll call it that the grain is complete. When is the grain considered to be complete? Well, not only simply after it's harvested, but after it's been piled and the pile of grain has been smoothed out. That represents the completion of the process of creating the grain, at which point in time it becomes subject to trumos and maestros. The nosein, mishum hefker, now, same idea, that if, let's say, a balabais, let's say a landowner, makes his field hefker, he makes his produce hefker, pater minamaisrus. Remember, again, anything that is ownerless is also exempt from trumos and maestrus and tithes. Makes sense. In other words, the obligation of tithing is upon an individual owner. If no one owns the produce, then technically speaking, it is exempt. Ad Ultimately, again, however, once the pile is smoothed out, so remember again, here's what's interesting. Once the pile is smoothed out, the obligation for trumas and maestros is already devolved upon the grain. At that point in time, even if the owner were to subsequently go ahead and make it hefker, make it ownerless, halacha la the tithing obligation would still remain upon the grain. Umachil la behema la Similarly, again, one could feed his animals. Literally, again, chayim means behemas, domestic animals, dechaya, non-domesticated animals, birds, and ultimately, again, that which you feed the animals will be exempt from chumas and maestras, from tithing. Again, until one goes in and smooths out the pile. So you begin to see the theme here, that as long as the grain has not yet been smoothed out in the pile, the obligations for chumas and maestras has not yet been triggered. Vinotel, Minhagoren, simply again, one could go ahead and take wheat seeds, seeds from the wheat, Vizorea, Upatimanamaisrus, and one could plant them. And ultimately, again, the growth will be potter from tithing, Achimareach, until ultimately the wheat is piled, and then Halachalamaisa, and then Halachalamaisa is obligated in tithe. So again, the idea over here is a little bit different. This is saying if I have wheat, I harvest the wheat, I want to take seeds from the wheat kernels and replant them. So can I replant them without having first tithed them? So Rabbi Akiva says, yes, as long as the grain has not yet been piled and the pile has not yet been smoothed out. Kohen v'levi shalak ha'gorin. Similarly, again, if you have a Kohen and Levi who took their grain, they took grain, let's say again, from the threshing floor. Now this is before the grain has been fully processed, before it's finished. Ha'maistras shalahem. 
ultimately, again, they're allowed to keep. So remember, at this point in time, if they take it from the threshing floor, that means Chumas and Maestros have not yet been separated. So the Koine Levi kind of took the grain in an earlier stage. They're permitted to keep the tithes. However, again, once Halacha Lamaisa, the produce has been piled and the pile has been smoothed out, then the Koine Levi, even if they took the grain, would not automatically be entitled to keep the tithes themselves. So again, you, you see you see the theme of Makdish if one goes ahead and consecrates his grain before the grain has been fully processed, upoda osa, and then he redeems it, chayiv b'maisrus. Ultimately, again, once he redeems it, it is then obligated in tithes, ad shimarech gizbar. Until, of course, the gizbar, who is the temple treasurer, goes ahead and piles it and smooths out the pile. Meaning, that halacha lemaisa is a different halacha. Any produce owned by the Beis HaMikdash is automatically exempt from Shumas and Maisras. So the idea over here is, if at the time of the smoothing of the pile, the produce belonged to the Beis HaMikdash, then by definition it is Truma and Meiser exempt. And even if you were to redeem it afterwards, there would be no tithing obligation. So again, the common theme that one sees throughout this Mishnah is that Halacha Lameisa, the tithing obligation on grain, really devolves upon the grain at the time the grain is quote-unquote finished is finished. And when is it considered to be finished? At the time that it's piled and the pile is smooth. So again, we saw the various ramifications for that. The other piece for Peah is that Halacha Lamaisa, Peah will be exempt from ties, Trumas and Maestras, unless, of course, you have already piled and smoothed the smooth the grain, not yet given away the Peah, at which point in time then even Peah would become subject to tithing obligations. Mazel tov, that is the end of Perak Aleph. We now continue with Perak Beis, the second chapter in Meseches Peah. So this is an interesting idea. The Mishnah here, just by word of introduction, the Mishnah explains that, remember, the halach is you have to leave a corner of the field for every field you have. Let's say a person has two fields. So halach lamaisi, you can't leave one corner for two fields. Rather, in two fields, each field will need to get its own corner. The Mishnah is going to discuss interesting cases over here about things that could divide a field and make one field into two fields. The ramification of that is if it's two fields, each individual field will require its own payah, its own corner. The The following are things that could go ahead and divide up a field for payah purposes. Hanachal, number one, a stream. If a stream runs through a field, runs totally through a field, that divides the field into two. Each field will therefore need its own corner, its own peah. Hashlulis, a channel of water. A path that is used by individuals or a path that is used ultimately, again, by the rabbin. Now, the truth is, the Bartunur explains that what this means is, individual path means a path that is only four amas wide. Right, which is six feet, versus Derech Harabim, which is a public path, is 16 amos wide. So again, either types of those paths will divide the field into two, thereby requiring each field to go ahead and have its own payah. Similarly, again, if the field has either a private, path, private pathway or a public pathway that is used, that is established, both during the summer and the winter. Vahabur, bur in this case is a field that is not worked, right? A fallow field. Now, what this is talking about over here 
is in a situation where, let's say again, you have in the middle of the fields an area, right? An area that is uncultivated. So that area that is uncultivated will divide the two adjoining fields into two separate fields, thereby each of them requiring their own payah. Vahanir, similarly again, this is a field that has been plowed but has not yet been planted. And he goes on, he says, So this is a situation, ultimately, again, so Bor, Bor and Nir are really their, their, their case number six, which is a field that is not, that is not, um, that is not, uh, it's not worked, it's not plowed. Nir is a field that's been plowed, but has not yet been planted. So again, if you can imagine if you were to have either an unworked patch or a patch that was plowed but not seeded, that could divide between the two adjoining parcels, making the two adjoining parcels into two separate fields, each of them requiring their own payah obligation. Next, Zera Acher. The case of Zera Acher is a case of a field that is planted with a different kind of growth. Let's say, for example, you have a field, one big field. In the middle of that, so let's say in the big field you plant grain. In the middle of that field, you plant cucumbers, for argument's sake, leaving aside any kilayim issues. You plant cucumbers, so the fact that you have a patch that runs across the length of the field with a different item being produced there, being grown there, divides the two other fields into two separate fields, each of them requiring their own payah. So again, the Mishnah says in all of these cases, halacha these are all examples of things that divide, that could divide one parcel into two independent fields and requiring a separate payah obligation for each of those fields. It goes on, it says, So this is an interesting case. If one cuts down grain, right? This time one cuts grain in the middle of a field. Now, lashachas. Lashachas means you're cutting down immature grain. So the grain has not yet matured. You're cutting it down in the middle of the field. Mafsik, Div Rabbi Meir. Meir says, this creates an interruption. This is a hefsik. So for example, what this stomach is as follows. You have a grain field. In the middle of that grain field, you harvest a swath of immature grain. So now one field is divided into two parts. And in the middle of those two parts is the grain that was harvested in the, if, when it was still in, before it reached maturity. Right? Meir says that will make the two, that one field into two fields. And again, each of them requiring their own payah portion. The chum, the chum say, in a mafzik, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. That Allah again, the fact that you harvested immature wheat will not go ahead and render the fields into two different fields. Unless, of course, if you went ahead and you cut down the immature wheat and then you plowed the area, that would go ahead and make the two sides of the field into two independent fields, each of them requiring their own payah obligation. Wonderful. We will stop over here for today. Merit Hashem, we will continue tomorrow in Perak Bays, Mishnah's Bays through Gimel. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.